Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 67 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we inspire, motivate, and educate business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Octavia Gilmore of Creative Juice LLC. Octavia is a millennial entrepreneur that is blazing her own trail, running an award-winning creative agency. Creative Juice brings a fresh, unique, innovative perspective to its clients. We talk about how to know when to take the big leap into the world of business ownership. Octavia shares how she leverages employee knowledge to make the company great. And we also talk about her keys to success and how Creative Juice incorporates its values into business to separate itself from the competition. All right, let's dig in. All right, Octavia, can I get an oh yeah? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. It's always a pleasure to have folks like you that I can talk to and pick your brain about how you got to where you are and where you're going. Uh, but the the first thing that I, I kind of always uh, ask my guests is to tell me about themselves. But I had a little caveat to that. I want to know about you, but feel free to go all the way back to the day you were born. Or you can start more present day. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> sure. So I'm originally from New Jersey. I currently live in Atlanta. I am the oldest of six kids. I come from a family of creatives. Everyone in my family, for the most part, we have the gene from our grandmother. Um, we do art in any shape or form, whether it is painting, t-shirt designs, um, digital art, stuff like that. So that's kind of where I got the gene to kind of be creative. I kind of grew up around that. Um, I went to a very advanced high school. Um, it was the number one high school in the state of New Jersey when I went. And it was all about academics, but I knew that I wanted to pursue a creative career. So interesting enough, I Applied to art school in Atlanta, never had any formal art training, and I got accepted, and I packed my bags, and I moved to Atlanta, and I never looked back. So that's kind of my journey into becoming a graphic designer and moving away, moving down south, coming down here for college. And I've been here ever since. I've been in Atlanta for 10 years. What kind of things early on led you to, to kind of identify that you were into arts or, or graphics? Sure. 
So what I can remember is <laughs> there was like Black Planet in MySpace. I used to design all my friends' pages way back in the day. Um, and I really spent a lot of time just learning like how to code while other people were hanging outside and doing whatever. I was pretty much a nerd um, in the house on the computer, kind of learning how to code and doing graphic design and stuff like that. And I didn't necessarily know in high school that it could be a career until I kind of started looking into it. And then when I said, hey, I can actually, you know, get paid for this and do this professionally, I decided to start taking it more seriously. Now, you made a, a reference there to MySpace, and this may be dating us both a little bit, but for people who don't know what MySpace is, what what is what was MySpace? <laughs> well, considering I was in high school, the only thing I remember was it was like one of the first I know, I know it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first um, social media kind of platforms where you had a profile. And I just remember you can go in and like change the colors on your profile. I used to do this weird, wacky thing where, I don't know, I put in some code and I could make like little symbols kind of float around the page, like hearts or stars or something like that. So it's just like a, a very early <laughs> social media platform. I think it still exists today, but um, I think they kind of switched it up. It might be geared more towards music now. Gotcha, gotcha. It's one of those things where if a, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, it doesn't make a sound, right? <laughs> so shifting gears a little bit, what what kind of things do you like to do to kind of unwind and, and, and have fun? Oh, let's see. I'm a really big foodie. So as you know, Atlanta's like the New York of the South. Um, we have a lot of restaurants around town. My husband and I like to go to a different restaurant um, once a week on our date night. And then I also like to travel. I'm really, really big on that. I take a big trip every year. My favorite place that I've ever been to thus far is Tokyo, Japan. If I could speak Japanese, I would probably move there and live there for a year. So I love it that much. <laughs> you make the you made a, a point about the the food and the restaurants. I'll tell you a quick funny story about my wife and I. So she loves to go to these mom and pop kind of hole in the wall places, and they're kind of hit and miss. Like sometimes you'll find gyms where it's like the food is absolutely amazing, but sometimes it's like. Why did you do this to us? The whole, the whole family is looking at her like, why you? Why did you choose this place? But uh, but I definitely get that. I'm, I'm more of a of, of a chain guy. I like to go to the Olive Garden, the Red Robins, those type of places where I know what I'm going to get. So I, I get that that food part. <laughs> no, chains are not good. <laughs> <laughs> Take her side. I get it. <laughs> So if, if you had to identify one thing, what would you say your your, uh, your superpower is? I would say when I really look back and reflect on everything, um, my superpower and what I think has contributed to my success is honestly being a problem solver. Um, so I'm 27 now. I started my creative agency at 23. I never worked at a creative agency, but I just started to start one. You know how millennials are. <laughs> so um, I think that all in all, throughout all the challenges and the ebbs and flows of being an entrepreneur and, and then eventually transitioning into a small business owner, I've been pretty successful because I'm able to kind of think on my feet and figure things out. Um, there's nothing that a client or just anyone can throw my way that I cannot figure out. So I would say that's kind of my superpower when I'm really, really good at. 
Now, you, you mentioned being a problem solver. One of the things that I like to dig into on this show is the mindset. How do you approach those problems? So if you had to say, what what is your mindset when you're overcoming these uh, problems or challenges? Yes. So I think just if it's something with a client and we just can't figure it out, um, obviously going online and researching. But I think the biggest thing that kind of makes me successful at problem solving is really thinking out of the box and coming up with unconventional ways to solve issues. So I would say that's kind of the top thing. And then using my resources, my network, reaching out to people, but more so, like I said, really just thinking outside the box and coming up with something that might not be the obvious way to solve an issue, but it can definitely get the issues resolved if you just use a little bit of creativity. Gotcha. Now, backtracking a little bit, you mentioned that you started your uh, company when you were 23 years old, which is absolutely amazing, I must <laughs> say. Um you you said in your, your profile here that you were freelancing and working a full-time job. What was the moment that you decided, okay, I'm going to launch out on my own and, and do this thing where, and, and were you afraid at all? Or did you just kind of take the wool by both horns and jump out there? Sure. Um, I think that that transition is always pretty tricky for anyone. Um, I kind of, so all of my clients, I would basically (laughs) sneak out during my lunch break at my full-time job and go meet with my clients. (laughs) Um, and I luckily I had a really good CEO who I was very close with. I worked for a startup and he basically said, as long as your work is done here, like I don't care what you do outside of work as far as like freelance stuff. So he was kind of cool and understanding that, you know, I wasn't going to be at his company long term. And he said that he saw a lot of himself in me um, running a company. So I think that What's tricky is, you know, obviously the unknown when you have bills to pay and stuff like that. Luckily, I don't have any kids or anything like that, but obviously student loans and other financial obligations. But I used to always say to people who were like mentors, you know, how do you know when it's time to just quit your job and kind of do this full time? And they will always say, you'll know, you'll know, you'll know, you'll just know. So I'm like, well, how will you know, though? (laughs) And they're like, you'll know. So after being at the company for a year, um, they wanted to transition me into a role that I didn't necessarily want to go into. And things just really started pricking up with my freelance business. So I kind of just felt like that was the perfect opportunity to kind of quit that full time gig and kind of launch my own business. And honestly, six months after launching Creative Juice, I was swamped with work because once I told my clients like, hey, I'm doing this full time, they were 150 percent supportive. So I hired like my first contractor instead of turning work away. I said, well, how can I problem solve and get all this done and still make money and be profitable? And that's kind of how it started. And then it just kept growing and evolving over time into what it is today. Now, you said that your background, uh, you went to uh, your undergraduate was in arts. Yep, I have a BFA in graphic design. Now, how does that translate into business? Did you have any uh, business mentors or how did you get the business chops? Honestly, I just figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Trial by fire. I mean, really. Um, I've had some, you know, hardcore lessons that I just had to learn. I do have mentors that I rely heavily on and I have mentors for different things. So I have a mentor in like the tech space and operations Uh, arena. I have a mentor who 
is in um, HR and helps me out with that stuff. I have another mentor who has started and sold multiple agencies throughout his career. So I just found like different types of people who were willing to mentor me and help me out. But for the most part, the day to day has been literally me researching and asking my employees, what do you think? Or um, how do you think this should work? Um, we kind of sit down every week and have like a core meeting where we brainstorm on things. And other than that, like I said, it's really just trial by fire or me saying this is how I think it should work based on my research or stuff of that sort. And honestly, we do things a little bit differently. Um, being a millennial owned company and having all millennials on my team, we do just naturally think differently. So of course, I have clients who say, well, I've been doing this for 26 years, longer than you've been born, and I've never seen it done like this. But, you know, honestly, it doesn't necessarily mean that the way we're doing it is wrong. It's just different. And it's cool to just keep an open mind and have a different perspective. So I think just trial by fire has honestly gotten me to where I am today and making smart decisions, um, thinking about things thoroughly. I am a thinker and a doer. Some people are just thinkers. Some people are just doers. I'm kind of a little bit of mixture of between both. So I really think things through before I make decisions. And, you know, I always tell my team, like, we're going to make mistakes, right? I'm a 27 year old leading a company of 27 year olds. Um, <laughs> I can't put so much pressure on myself to always know what I'm doing at every time because I've never done it before. And there are people who are in their fifties and sixties who sometimes in business don't know what they're doing or have to figure things out. So I kind of just take it as learning lessons. And instead of calling it like, you know, failures more so these are just learning lessons um, to get me to where I need to be in the future. You said so much in that answer. I don't even know where to start. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me try to orient myself here. You mentioned hard lessons. You mentioned, uh, mentors. You mentioned you asked your employees. So I'm going to start with some of the hardcore lessons. What can, can you share one of those specific hard lessons that you've learned? Sure. So I think the biggest thing is, which was something that I just never thought about. Um, so free, Transitioning from a freelancer to actually having employees, you have to change your like business model as far as like how you invoice clients. And honestly, I just had like a, I guess, aha moment. Um, so when you're a freelancer, let's say your hourly rate's $50 an hour, you know, it's going to take you 10 hours. You charge $500. However, when you switch to an agency model where you have people on your team who are not billable, such as project managers, account managers, stuff like that, you then have to somehow build them into your rates. Well, when I first kind of transitioned into being an agency, I didn't really think about that. It didn't even cross my mind. And I kept trying to figure out, well, why are my margins so off? And that's when a mentor said, well, you're not, you know, buffering in enough money to kind of cover your overhead. And I was like, oh, duh, that, that makes sense. So that was kind of one of my biggest aha moments. Another aha moment is not necessarily being blinded by money just because someone's throwing a lot of money at you doesn't necessarily mean it's a good opportunity. So I had a client who, and I'm going to be fully transparent, I think they signed on to pay us like $8,000 a month at, you know, $50 an hour though. So it was a lot of hours. Instead of me paying attention to the hours, I pay attention to, hey, I can secure my agency at $8,000 a month. But then when we kind of engage in a relationship, I realized that that wasn't 
working for me because I couldn't be profitable at such a low hourly rate. So then I had to go back and try to negotiate. So that was another kind of like aha moment. I know both of those are more like financially driven, but it's just things that I had to kind of learn once again, trial by fire, making a mistake and then having to go back to the client and say, yeah, this sounded good. But now that I'm kind of doing the math, $8,000 doesn't seem like, you know, a lot of money considering all the hours we have to do for your project. So how does one, because in order to be, I believe a leader or a or uh, an agency owner in a certain capacity, you have to have a certain confidence about yourself in terms of your abilities and your ability to lead. How do you balance that with being humble enough to then go to the people that you work with and say, hey, guys, I don't know at all. I need help. Let's generate ideas. How do you how do you balance that? I mean, it's definitely a bit of a challenge, especially thrown in the fact that, like I said, we're all around the same age. Some of my employees are actually older than me. Um, But I think that I stick to what I know. If I know something, I'll say, hey, no, that's a great idea. However, you know, I definitely think we should do it this way. And I back it up with like facts. Um, And then I just focus on allowing my employees to trust me on certain things. So sometimes, you know, they might suggest something. And then also I make sure that their voices are heard. So I do have an environment where they can bring ideas to the table. And if I don't know if it's going to work or not, I'm always willing to try something out and then we all can learn from it. So essentially, if I know something, you know, then I'm kind of going to stick to my guns. But if I'm not sure or something new and they have ideas, I'm always open to you know, figuring it out together. So I think that's kind of how I try to keep like a happy balance between being humble, but still being a leader to them. And also, you know, at the end of the day, I sign the checks and, you know, I've kind of, with their help, of course, have built this agency. So I think there is automatically some trust there because a lot of them know, like, you know, man, if I was her, like, I don't know how I would deal with that situation. Or, you know, if a client's unhappy, it kind of has to get escalated beyond them because they might not necessarily know how to handle it. So I'm kind of like the last stop, like, you know, Octavia has to handle it. So I think that also adds a little bit of like respect and like leadership because they see me, you know, maneuvering through like difficult situations or, and I'm transparent with them as well. You know, if they make a mistake, I'll tell them, Hey guys, you know, you guys messed up here and I got chewed out the other day. Like, let's not let that happen again. Cause that's not fun for me. Obviously we do good work and I kind of just try to keep the morale up and make sure everyone's happy and they feel like their voice is heard. But I also try to give, you know, constructive criticism when, when needed. Now I want to take a quick break, but then when we get back, you mentioned uh, the third bullet point that I wrote down was uh, you mentioned that you guys think differently. I'm curious to know, Um, And you do things differently. So I'm curious to know uh, more details about that. Um, And we'll dive into what it is that you guys do. We'll be back right after this. Feeling stuck or overwhelmed in your business? Having trouble putting ideas into action? Not getting the results you want? Your business is in need of a coach, an experienced professional that motivates, provides honest feedback, and helps develop an action plan for your success. 
Did you know that 50% of businesses fail within the first five years? This doesn't have to be your business. You can now get all the help you need to succeed. Just visit Enterprise Now at enterprise-now.biz. Enterprise Now is a business development firm that specializes in providing business training, seminars, online training courses, and business coaching for business owners and entrepreneurs. That's enterprise-now.biz. Why wait? Take your business to the next level. We'll take your vision and your goals and deliver accountability motivation, and an action plan so you and your business will succeed. Don't become a statistic. Visit us at enterprise-now.biz. Increase profits, grow your business, and improve your business skills today. Enterprise-now.biz. All right, we are back. I am talking with Octavia Gilmore, and we're having a fabulous conversation. Um, we're uh, Octavia, you said before that you guys think differently. You do things differently. What does that mean? What does that look like? <laughs> um, I mean, it, I don't have a concrete definition for that. It's more so just um, looking at ways that maybe agencies were previously run or just like the industry norm and just saying, well, how can we kind of do this better? Or is there a different way that we can kind of achieve the same goal where maybe we spend less hours or maybe we do it this way? So I would just say that, you know, especially with um, us being millennials and like technology, we're really, really big on that. So even that alone kind of allows our clients to get like a different type of experience from us. I know depending on what type of clients we have, a lot of them are used to face-to-face conversations or even phone calls. And for us, we're much more like, we'll send you an email. (laughs) You know, we're not used to like, oh, hey, let's get on the phone. So I know that for sure is kind of something that we do differently. Is that, um, so you're in Atlanta. Is that a, is that a thing? Because I know here in the Midwest, it seems from my experience that, Face to face is king. Like if you, if I'm shooting out an email, uh, to, you know, prospective client, it's always, let's grab a cup of coffee. But what usually typically if I'm dealing with a person on the East Coast, West Coast, you know, Skype and FaceTime, those things are just fine. So do you think it's a a geographic thing or do you think it, it, it really is a generational thing? I think it's a generational thing, especially with us being in like the age of like social media, you know, as millennials, we, the technology was still new to us, but we were, we're very quick to like, and I've done research, (laughs) we're very quick to like adapt to, you know, this technology as opposed to some of the other generations, they aren't as so quickly to adapt or so open-minded. And then just the generation that came, that comes after me, they grew up with like, cell phones and stuff like that. So they're completely um, different. But no, I think it's more a generational thing. Um, So we actually asked our clients um, during the consultations, like, do you prefer (laughs) face-to-face meetings or phone calls? Once we saw, like, you know, some people definitely, some people take offense. You'll be surprised. Well, maybe you won't, but I was surprised (laughs) at the people who take offense. They're like, well, you know, I wish you would have picked up the phone and called me. And it's like, oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. But uh, I'm just used to doing everything, you know, uh, virtually. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I sent you an IM. <laughs> I texted you. Right. <laughs> um, so if you had to, to give a bullet point, one or two items, what would you say your keys to success are? I would definitely say kind of reiterating what I said earlier, just 
not looking at your failures as failures, but learning from your mistakes and looking at it, looking at them as stepping stones, you know, not letting your mistakes kind of weigh you down and just figuring out what you learned from that and not doing that again, obviously. But um, I know sometimes as entrepreneurs, it can hurt our ego when we make a mistake. And sometimes mistakes can cost us money, time, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think just really being positive and learning from your mistakes. I think another big takeaway is having mentors. Um, They're really, really big in my life and have helped me get to where I am. And not only do they, you know, provide um, advice, but they also have connections as well to help me grow and get to where I need to be. So definitely that um, I would say building strategic partnerships. So I'm a creative agency. We specialize in like graphic and web design, but I have clients who come to me all the time who need video marketing or social media, social media marketing. So I've built this network of strategic partners where we can exchange we, we can exchange referrals and that allows us to each you know, grow our, grow our businesses without having to get out and sell. Because if one of my clients um, needs a referral and I recommend them and they trust me, they're more likely, my referrals source is more likely to get the business because I, you know, recommended my client, my client already trusts me and I have that established relationship. So I think that's kind of a good way to grow your business without having to get out there and sell, sell, sell all the time. You kind of have another company selling for you. So I would say those are like the three biggest things. And I think the last thing is like just not giving up. I do have my days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I could just quit and go work for someone and my life would be so much simpler. I'd have health insurance. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't have to worry about all of this, but you know, just having the motivation and the positivity to kind of keep pushing through, through the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurship and just continue to learn and grow as you go. Gotcha. Those are are very, very insightful keys. Um, And one of the things that I heard you say there was not giving up. Uh, We talk about all the time on the on the show, um, how entrepreneurs I meet with with folks like you every single week. And one of the themes that comes up time and time again is that tenacity. As you mentioned, not giving up and having the, um, the, cur- the courage really and the stamina to keep going through the ebbs and flows. So that's definitely uh, something that I, I hear, um, a lot as I talk to, uh, to entrepreneurs. This next question might be a tricky one, but, um, but I like to ask people this because I, I love to hear their, their answer. Um, so if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be and what would you say to them? Do they have to be alive or? <laughs> um, let's say they're, they're, they have to be alive. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would, I'm trying not to be, you know, cliche here. I don't want to say like Barack Obama or something. I would probably say, if not Barack, definitely Oprah. Um, I think that she embodies not only a powerful black woman, but she's someone who kind of, overcame, you know, obstacles in her life and was able to still be successful, push through. She's had doors closed in her face and she continued to kind of just thrive. And now she's very successful. She's a very smart businesswoman. So I would definitely say I would love to sit down and have a conversation with her and kind of pick her brain, especially being a woman of color as well. And, you know, for me, I'm in a space where a lot of agency owners don't look like me. Most of them are like white males. So that's kind of who I'm going up against and it can be a challenge. So I would definitely want to talk to Oprah. (laughs) 
So, so what would you say to her? Let's say you, you have, I don't know, an elevator ride up to the 15th floor. You got two minutes and that's the, the time you have to ask the question and to get her answer. What would you say? I would say, what is the one, what is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you? And hopefully it's something that, you know, you still, maybe some advice that you still use to this day. Like how long ago did they tell you this? And do you still use it to this day? What's that one piece of advice? That would be my question to her. I wonder what she would say. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk creative juice. Tell us all about your business and uh, anything that you, you want to, to, uh, to say to, to folks who might be listening. Sure. So creative juice, as you mentioned, we're located here in Atlanta, Georgia. We are a small boutique branding and web agency. We primarily work with small businesses who have a logo and brand, but maybe it's outdated or it doesn't speak to their target market. Target market, We kind of come in and fully brand them or rebrand them from scratch. And then that, of course, transitions into like their website and other marketing materials. We also work with nonprofits, government agencies, as well as like large corporations. But our bread and butter is small business because it's the backbone of America, of course. Um, but we love working with our small businesses, kind of helping them market themselves and kind of get to where they need to be from a marketing perspective. What kind of things do you think sets you guys apart from the competition? Sure. Well, besides the fact that I've I'm, I'm over-communicating how we do things differently. Um, <laughs> no, we, we honestly do. Not only are we millennials, I have a very diverse team. Um, I have, you know, minorities on my team as well, a good mixture of men and women. So I'm really, really big on having a diverse team because honestly, like I mentioned before, it's just a different perspective. You just see things in a different light when you have someone else's kind of background pitching in um, for ideas and stuff like that. So I would say besides us being millennials and kind of more so forward thinking, the fact that we are a pretty diverse team and that allows us to be versatile and work with different types of clients. And then just being small, we're pretty hands-on with our clients. They really, really like that. We have five core values that we drive internally as a team and externally with our clients. And those are... Um, accountability, communication, quality, teamwork, and positivity. So I'm really, really big on that as well. And I think these are some of the pillars that have helped us, you know, see the success that we have seen thus far. So now when you talk about your core values, is that something that you you guys um, emphasize on a daily basis? Or what, what does that look like on a practical level, is it posted up on the wall or what, what does that look like for, for folks who are, who are out there who are thinking about starting a business who, or uh, they they have a business, but they don't have anything close to having core values. What does that look like? Right. So it's definitely cheesy. We have it on the wall. <laughs> Every employee has it kind of at their desk um, where we have our team meetings. We go through the core values and we have to say, Everyone has to go through and say, this week, or rather last week, I was really good at this core value and give an example. And then they also have to say, last week, I wasn't so good at this core value and give an example. And then I ask, well, how could you have, for example, communicated in that situation better? And sometimes, you know, if they're stumped, then the other juicers is what we call call ourselves. One of the other juicers might suggest 
a way that that person could have communicated better or show more quality. Um, so I think it really just drives those core values every week. So we do this weekly. And yeah, um, you know, it's to the point where we'll even say, I'll even say, you know, who can list the five core values without looking at the paper? And they all know it by heart by now. But um, yeah, it's just something we, I just keep reiterating every, every day. Um, and when we make mistakes, usually it falls under one of those five core values. So I just tie that back into, you know, this is why we have these core values and these, this is why these are things that we need to make sure we're doing every day. That's really neat because um, I can see I'm, I'm picturing in my mind um, you guys standing there and you're going through the core values. And like you said, it really does hit on each one of these. And if what it does is when you uh, maybe didn't do uh, quality as good last week, it gives that opportunity to be accountable. You're communicating and it's teamwork and it's part of. So even um, just saying that uh, kind of embodies, though, embodies uh, the, co- the core values. So that's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I also like the fact that you guys are known as juicers. I think that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Octavia, uh, unfortunately, we have come to the end of our conversation. Um, I'm always excited and energized to talk with folks like you just because I believe that um, passion is contagious. So I want as much as I can get. So I like to surround myself with like-minded people like yourself. So, um, so again, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, but before I let you go, a couple of things. I want to, uh, get your advice or an actionable tip that, um, the enterprisers is what I call my listeners, uh, can apply to their business today. And, uh, outside of that, your contact information and where people can find you. Sure. I'll start with the contact information so I can think about the actionable step. But um, (laughs) (laughs) our contact information, if you want to find us on social, of course, we are on Twitter. Um, Our screen name on Twitter is it's underscore creative. And then we're on Instagram as it's creative juice, all one word. And you can find us online at it's creative juice dot com. I would say an actionable step that could possibly change your life or your business is having a plan and writing it down. Um, You'll be surprised how things manifest when you get them out of your head and you actually get them down on paper. That has kind of been like a game changer for me. So I would definitely say whatever ideas you have, whatever new business you're trying to go after, whatever, whatever it is that's stuck in your head, get it out and get it down on paper and it will manifest itself into a plan and into something that you can actually implement. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Octavia. And, um, are you guys on Facebook or? Oh, just- uh, yeah, we're on Facebook. We're not as active on Facebook. I think it's just creative juice, <laughs> Okay, but definitely on Instagram. Check us out. Well, thanks a ton for being on the show. And, uh, I know that my listeners are going to get a ton out of it because I know I have. And, um, Continue to do what you're doing. And and what's funny is quick, and I'm going to give you a quick, a quick uh, story. Uh, you're the third person to say that they would meet Oprah, um, <laughs> not including myself, but that's the same person I said. Um, and the, the reason I said that I would want to meet her is because I'm always in awe of when people are just who they are, because mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that when you walk in your own 
ownness. Is that a word? <laughs> in your ownness and your own awesomeness, right. you impact people far more greatly and uh, and deeply and far reaching than if you were to try to be somebody else. So what I would say to, to Oprah would be just thank you for being who you are, walking in what in, in your calling and, and doing what it is that you do, because you've influenced uh, millions and millions, millions and millions of people by just being who you are. Right. That's true. So enterprisers, I know that you got a lot out of this conversation. Um, don't forget to go to the website and um, log or, or sign up for the mailing list so that we can get you this episode and other episodes right to your inbox. So thank you guys again. Keep up the awesome and we will talk to you next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.